Hello again, and thank you for joining me this week on Here to Help. I am your host, Jessica Glynn. Just to recap from last week, this podcast is aiming to share my story about losing my brother to suicide. And it's also to help others that are either struggling or just really need to hear these kinds of stories so that they can relate. Last week, I read the first entry in my journal, which was the first letter that I had written to my brother. And it was regarding the night that he had actually passed away. This week, I'm going to read an entry from the second letter that I wrote to him. And it was from the very next day after his passing. And then I do have a short entry also about the services that were held for my brother as well. And I would like to dive into that as well. So I will continue on and I will read the first entry. Entry from November 14th, 2017. Was at mom's tonight. Still do not know how to process this all. Everyone is now over at the house bringing all sorts of food. I can't even eat, nor can I socialize. I went into the basement to organize everything. Joseph joined me for a little while. We both needed to distract ourselves. Joseph then went back upstairs. You know how I feel about music, so I had to put the TV on, and I put on the music channels. I believe the channel's called Today's Hits on um, Optimum. I got into cleaning the shelves of food that mom and dad have downstairs and I also started doing laundry for them. I heard someone coming down the stairs. It was Doug checking to make sure that I was okay. He asks me what I'm doing and I tell him. I'm pulled away from the attention of Doug to the song that's playing on the TV. I have never heard of it before, but its lyrics include the words, I'm sorry that I let you down. To be exact, in quotes, feels like we're on the edge right now. I wish that I could say I'm proud. I'm sorry that I let you down, let you down. Come to find that the singer is NF and the song is called Let You Down. Almost every single word 
is as if you were speaking directly to me. Both Doug and I were crying as each line of the lyric was either sung or rapped. This was an undeniable sign from you. You were trying to make me see why. Why you felt how you had felt. I feel like that's the ultimate question I had been asking for the last 24 hours. And that's why I just feel like this was definitely you answering my question of why. I went into your room for one of the first times tonight, as well as to look for something. I don't really know what this something was per se, but I was looking. You always told me that I meant the world to you. Anytime we would fight, you would say it. It always melted my heart because I felt and still do the same way about you. You mean the world to me. While looking in your room, I found a journal from one of your creative writing classes. In your journal, you wrote, my sister means the world to me. And I knew right at this moment that this was going to have to stay with me forever. Those words would have to stay with me forever. I needed this as my first tattoo. I've been wanting a tattoo and trying to figure out what I wanted to get and I knew that this was it. And so that's exactly what I did. The next day, I got that tattooed on my arm. So on November 15th, I got You Mean the World to Me tattooed on my arm with a feather. I wanted to first go into the lyrics of the NF song, Let You Down. The reasoning behind going into the lyrics is because I feel that it really does shed a lot of light on how people can struggle and what may be going through their mind or what they may be thinking. Um, And I also think that it also sheds a little bit of light from the other side of that, from the family members that are seeing it. This is just how I take the song. So I'm just going to read a little bit of the lyrics and then I'll go into each of those. So obviously you know and you heard the little clip that I played before this segment. And feels like we're on the edge right now. I wish I could say I'm proud. I'm sorry that I let you down. All these voices in my head get loud. I wish that I could shut them out. I'm sorry that I let you down. So that's one main thing. Um, 
I know that my brother definitely struggled a lot. He used to call them his demons. So when I heard all these voices in my head get loud, that really struck me. Um, So moving on, it says, Yeah, I guess I'm a disappointment doing everything I can. I don't want to make you disappointed. It's annoying. You don't want to make this work. You just want to make this worse. You want me to listen to you, but you don't even hear my words. Sorry, ever hear my words. You don't want to know my hurt yet. Let me guess, you want an apology, probably. How can we keep going at a rate like this? We can't, so I guess I'll have to leave. Please don't come after me. I just want to be alone right now. I don't really want to think at all. Go ahead, just drink it off. We both know you're going to call tomorrow like nothing's wrong. Ain't that what you always do? I feel like every time I talk to you, you're in an awful mood. What else can I offer you? There's nothing left right now. I gave it all to you. Don't talk down to me. That's not going to work now. Packed all my clothes and I moved out. I don't even want to go to your house. Every time I sit on that couch, I feel like you lecture me. It's cool. I checked out. And then the last part, let me see if I could find a reaction. No, but at least you're happy. And then the last, the ending part, um, it's, you can really hear it in the song, but it's just, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry now. I'm sorry that I let you down. So my brother was a closet drinker. I would call him basically like a Jekyll and Hyde because that's what he was. He was one person when he wasn't drinking and when he was drinking, he was another person. He really only, unless it was like a special event, I really only saw him drinking or I'm sorry, I should say heard of him drinking because I was no longer living at home with my parents. Um, He was drinking when he was home lonely and you know in his room so he would tell me that he drank to numb the pain that he was feeling but then in the same respect when I would tell him that I wanted to help him he would tell me he was fine I would literally beg him to let me help him one or a few times in in hysterics and at first the conversation would go where he was you know defensive and being a little bit mean and telling me I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine and um and then I would start to get upset because I know that he wasn't fine I mean he literally told me that he drank to numb his pain so I would start crying and And then, you know, the relationship that we had, um, and I didn't do it to make him feel bad, but when I would start crying, then he would feel bad. So he'd say, I'm sorry, Sika. That's what he called me. Um, And, you know, and he would just say, like, I I promise I'll be all right. And one of the last promises that my brother made to me was that he promised if he needed me or he was feeling down, he was going to come to me. 
I told him he could move into my house if he had to. I would give him his own room. And he promised that he promised me that he would do that. So, again, that song just really spoke to me. I feel like it explains a lot of what my brother might have been feeling. And I just thought it was a little ironic that it came on in that moment. So then moving on to the the tattoo, I decided that I wanted those words written on my arm forever, which I still love that I did. And on the way there, I was in the car with my dad and my husband, Doug, and I wanted my dad to hear the song that I was just talking about. And I went onto YouTube to put it on and I thought that I clicked on it, but apparently I clicked on another song and the song was called I'll Find You. So the song is about somebody that passes away and you're sad about it, but they're letting you know that they're right there with you and, um, you know, just fight a little longer, my friend. It's all worth it in the end. And when you have nobody to turn to, just hold on and I'll find you. So again, um, I mean, if you haven't noticed already, I'm very big into music and I have a connection with music. So again, that was something that really stuck out to me. (coughs) Excuse me. So I went and I got the tattoo and... The woman, Stacy, that did it for me was amazing. She was very sympathetic to the situation and she was very helpful. I told her that I wanted the words to be in my brother's handwriting, so we took the words directly from his journal. And then she came up with this idea with a feather and, you know, like birds flying away. And I was like, I love it. After getting the tattoo... I came home and Doug and I found a white feather on my kitchen counter and we thought it was so weird because I'd just gotten the feather tattooed on my arm. So we were like, where did this feather come from? And then the days after that, people were asking me like, oh, why a feather? Like, why did you get a feather? And I honestly had no answer for them. I had no idea. So come to find that there is a saying about feathers and angels. And I had no idea about it. I don't even know. I I think it comes up in my journal as we go on further. I told you I haven't even read it. Um, So the saying is, feathers appear when angels are near. And I came across this saying after getting the tattoo, after finding the feather, and after people asking me why I had it. And I knew in that moment when I realized this saying uh, that that's why I got the feather. Like, it was meant for me to get it. Somebody wanted me to have it. And then it felt even more special to me that there was a reason behind the wording and there was a reason behind the feather. And um, again, you will see... I know that for a fact it's written in other things about feathers coming into play. So um, the next thing I want to do is just read the short entry um, or letter to my brother regarding the services for him. So I will get into that next.
your services. The family decided on an open casket, but only for the first couple of minutes for the immediate family, and then it was to be closed for the remainder of the services. We wanted, no, had to see your face one more time. I will never forget walking into that room and looking at your lifeless body. I had such a mix of regret and gratitude. Regret that I will have this image of you for the rest of my life, but grateful I get to see you just one more time. I couldn't look at your face because of the swelling and how it changed your appearance, but I held your arm, I touched the scruff of your jawline, and I put my hand over yours. It was so stiff and cold. The rest of the next few days were a blur, but the love for you that was shown was immense. I hope you can see now how loved you are and how many people's lives that you impacted. Bryce came to the services at night, so he, he did not see you with the open casket. He said a few words in front of everyone, which I thought was pretty brave of him. He talked about him and silly Uncle Chris. decided on the open casket as a family, uh, myself, my parents, and Doug, because as I said, we, we felt that we had no choice but to see him one more time. Uh, the owner of the funeral home, who was wonderful, said that, you know, he would let us know if he felt that that was going to be able to happen because of the, um, you know, the the reason for his passing. I guess it was something that he didn't know for sure that could happen. And um, I know I said in the entry that I had gratitude. Um, I don't even know why I wrote that, honestly, because when I walked into that room and I saw what was my brother's body uh, because it was no longer my brother I oh gosh that was like the worst sight I've ever seen Um, I immediately had to cover my eyes and look away Um, it was pretty like terrifying for me I know my parents felt differently I believe they feel differently, but um, just because I was longing and holding on to that thought of, you know, seeing my brother again one more time and 
that person that was there to me just wasn't him. Like he was no longer there. Obviously his soul is no longer in that body, but just looking at him, um, yeah, it was hell. But, um, so then, you know, um, touching his arm and putting my hand over his, that was a bit of a tearjerker, even reading that out loud right now. Um, because if I close my eyes, I can still feel what it felt like doing those things, like feeling the side of his face or touching his hand, um, which I'm thankful for. I guess I have gratitude for remembering that. I don't, that might sound morbid, but um, it's just the last interaction I had with my brother. Um, and um, it was such a short entry, I guess, simply because I didn't want to have to relive that, even to write it out. So, you know, it was the hardest days because they make that goodbye real. There were so many people there that there was a line out the door to be able to get into the room. And I remember so many people saying like, I mean, like multiple people were saying, like, God, look how many people love this kid. Oh, if this kid only knew, you know, if he only knew how many people loved him. And I was like, I know, I know, because I don't think he realized how many people he impacted and how many people loved him. That's why I said in the letter, like, I hope you can see that now. But then again, I don't think that that might have, I don't really know if that was the problem. I think just he struggled with himself. Um, And when Bryce spoke in front of everybody, um, telling them the stories, you know, and inside jokes that they had, he was making everybody laugh. I remember the one specific story he said was um, there was like a, a rolled up ball of lint on the blanket and my brother picked it up and you know like tossed it at Bryce's way and yelled like octopus and that was an inside joke (laughs) between the two of them um that was something that I will cherish that Bryce was able to bring light to the services and say something that really showed everybody who my brother really was and that lighthearted jokester that he was um and then I remember the the actual funeral we had gone out to the cemetery just to you know kind of say our final words we had a short uh small like little service inside um I believe it was like a chapel and again it wound up with um a lot of people speaking up and I know it's what he would have wanted um 
people saying, you know, funny memories and things that they remember about him. So there was a lot of tears and laughter and tears and laughter. But it it really was like making the goodbye real. So it was kind of like a child having a temper tantrum. Like, no, I don't want to do this. That's how I felt about these services. I want to conclude tonight's podcast for Here to Help with just briefly again saying that the purpose of this podcast is truly to help people. I don't want people to think that I'm just harping on, you know, the sad things that have happened in my life. Being a part of a support group that I went to after my brother's passing, it had really allowed me to see that being connected with those that understand what you're feeling and what you've gone through really can make a difference. So the purpose of this podcast is to help and give clarity not only for myself, but for anyone that may be struggling with substance abuse, anyone that may be struggling with a loss that's either similar or the exact same thing or completely different than what happened to my brother. Um, It's just truly to help, to help myself and to help others. I wanted to end with a positive quote that I came across today. And the quote is, give yourself permission to acknowledge all that you are feeling without criticism. I thought that this was so ironic to find and come across this quote in the beginning of my letters that I had written because this is something that I struggled with a lot throughout the whole grieving process. I felt so guilty for feeling the way that I was feeling. I would feel guilty about feeling happy. I would feel guilty about being sad or mad. So I thought this was fitting to be able to read this at the start, really, of the, the letters and, and reading them to you all. So just whatever you're feeling in that moment regarding a stressful or sad situation, you know, with this quarantine going on, give yourself permission to acknowledge that whatever you're feeling, it's okay. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be sad. It's what you do to get yourself out of it. Feel it, and then, you know, you have to move on. So, again, I hope that this podcast resonated with you, and I will be here to help again next week. And I hope that you guys all come back to take a listen again. Thank you. Thank you.